Welcome to the Bridge Church Podcast. Our purpose statement at Bridge Church is to reach people where they are and help them grow. We hope today's message inspires you towards growth, and we pray it's life-changing, and we hope to see you soon. Amen. We are continuing on in a series here. Uh, on discipleship. And what I've really tried to work hard to do in this series is to get you know that discipleship is not for the very educated, educating the people that, you know, that, that are naive. Discipleship is for every believer. My prayer is that all of us would be disciple-making disciples. When you hear that word, you might think of great teachers or someone profound, but Jesus says that this would be the work of every believer. And I realized that during the pandemic, that one of the challenges that we've done here is we've really created, God, through his mercy, has created a space where a lot of people who come to our church, uh, they're, they're young and they're excited about life and they're doing uh, great things. They're ambitious. And yet, how long will you be here? Five years? Four years? One year? How long will you be in New York City? How long will you be at our church? You see, one of the things that happens is that when people started leaving, 40% of our church left during the pandemic. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited you got a house. So, (laughs) yay. Oh, you got more space, awesome. No, I was really happy for them. But what I was grieved by was how hard it was for people to find a church. And that's kind of our fault. You see, we, we attracted you with the Instagram or the YouTube, and maybe that's so cool, but the, our, our job is not to become a cool place for young people. You see, we want you to experience the comfort of Jesus, but we don't want you to get too comfortable. Yes. There's a very easy chance for us to become a couch for your friends instead of a launching pad for believers to reach the world. And so I realized that when a believer would leave our space, a lot of times they're like, man, I'm trying to find something that's like this, like this, and like this. And there were so many conditions they needed to go to church. You understand? Was like, I, I kind of, the, the temperature and the people. And I, 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 I. You know what I'm saying? Like they had all this, this menu that they needed it to all line up with. And I was like, man, this is like Tinder for Christ. Like you need all these right things. And I'm thinking, like, did we really disciple you? Because you departed and you wandered. What, if it, what would it look like if people didn't depart and wander? What if they were deployed and made an impact? Doesn't matter. Are they preaching the word? Cool. And you just jump in and you dive in because you know church is not about you. Church is about equipping you for other people. What if our church wasn't just a place to be comfortable. We want you to get comfortable. But really what we're saying is we want you to experience the comfort of Christ. But if you are going to make an impact in this world, you will be uncomfortable. You will have to deal with the brokenness and the challenges of people. And sometimes people want to only be in spaces that make them more comfortable. Our church will never be that comfortable. God, please don't make us too comfortable. 
Because it's when we're uncomfortable with that we're more dependent on the Holy Spirit. It's when we're uncomfortable that God is bringing us to places that we would never go on our own and never do on our own. And so I, I want that for our church. Our purpose statement is to reach people where they are and help them grow. But, but we could easily say that our purpose statement as well is to reach people where they are and help them grow into a disciple-making disciple that changes the world for Jesus. That's our goal. We want you to become a disciple-making disciple that changes the world for Jesus. So this sermon is the last sermon in this series. And so if you're at the sound of my voice or you see this on video, what I want you to hear is this is what we're trying to do with you. This is our plan. This is what we're trying to do. And I don't know how long we're going to have you, but I think the goal shouldn't be keeping you. I think the goal should be sending you. I think the goal shouldn't be, can I find something like this? No, I think the goal is find some place that you can partner with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, and you don't need the pastor or the worship team to be amazing. You just need them to be faithful. Yeah. Yeah. What if believers stopped treating church like they were consumers mm -hmm. and started treating church like they were contributors? Mm -hmm. And they say, hey, how can I help? Instead of, what does this have for me? How can I help? And, and, and so we need to train you. We need to disciple you to the point where you get to the place where you don't need the sermons to be amazing every week. You don't need the worship where you, you, you walk out levitating because the worship was that amazing. <laughs> like, you don't need the friendships to be amazing. These are my new family. Like, not every church is going to be that. And that's what people want. They want, they, want, and they want this incredible supernatural experience. And don't get me wrong, the church is supernatural, but it won't always be comfortable. And we're not equipping you if we only try to keep you comfortable. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? So that's our job. So I want to look at the book of Acts briefly, and then I just kind of want to walk us through kind of what we're trying to do as a church. And then next week, we're going to jump back into the book of Genesis. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts 1, verse 8. Acts 1, verse 8. Okay, we're going to start with but on three. We're going to read it together. One, two, three. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. All right, I'm, I'm pressed for time, so there's a few things I want to talk about. First, when you see Jesus saying this, if you remember in the other part of the series, we were saying that Jesus is, has been walking around the earth for 40 days, and there's this point where the, he's, he's resurrected, and now they're wondering, like, what's going to happen now? I mean, you did all those miracles. You did all those amazing things. We got a chance. The disciples like, we, we saw just amazing things happen. What's going to happen now? And he begins to talk about what they are going to do when the Holy Spirit comes. And he not only tells them the power that they will receive, but then he tells them this is going to be a movement because it's in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. Now, understand that Jesus Christ, the one that's talking, had just been killed in Jerusalem. So when they say, you're going to go back to Jerusalem, they weren't excited. Because that was the space where they had just seen their Savior be tortured and killed. When he says Judea, that is the region. In other words, Jerusalem is in Judea. 
So now he's telling them, you're going to actually go beyond what you're comfortable with, because at that time, to go beyond that region would have been a big trek. They would have not normally done that, because this was a walking community. Then he says, not only Judea, you're going to go to Samaria, and Samarians and Jews had beef because of their, there were ethnic distinctions. So there was like actually racial differences that they had. So they're like, Jerusalem, dang. Judea, oh, Samaria, what? Everything he kept saying, they were like, oh my gosh. Then he says, ends of the earth. What did Jesus do after this? The brother ascended to the sky. Now, I know that they don't have this in the Bible, but if I was in the Bible, I'd be like, okay, Holy Spirit, just, okay, 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 hold on, hold on. And he's like, he's ascending to the air. And I'm like, but how are we going to do it? How are we going to do it? We're going to take a boat? We're going to take a, what are we going to do? And he's like, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. And that was the plan. He did not tell them how they were going to get from Jerusalem to Judea. He did not tell them how they were going to get from Judea to Samaria. And he did not tell them how they were going to get from Samaria to the ends of the earth. Don't you think they were wondering what's the plan? And he did not give them a plan. He gave them a person. The Holy Spirit. And how did the disciples do? I think they did pretty good. It became a global faith. Not from theologians, not from the radically gifted. Our faith became a global faith because there were men and women who decided to be radically dependent on the Holy Spirit. And God sent them places. And I want you to know that what was said to the disciples then, God is still saying now. That you're depending way too much on a plan and not enough on a person. That the person of the Holy Spirit is what will cause you to have global impact. I could say that global impact happens because of radical dependence on the Holy Spirit. And there is so much God has for you in your life. And there's so much that you've been trained in your mind to think, okay, it's all about your gifting. It's all about your abilities. It's all about your personality. And that is that will get you far, but it will not have you have the supernatural impact that I believe God has called you to. You remember what we talked about last week, that these were uneducated, untrained men. These were not the most gifted, but these were faithful men and women of God. And I believe God has called you to that same idea. If you remember that he says of Abraham, Genesis 12, 1 through 3, now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing and I will bless those who curse you and bless you and then and the one who curses you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed if you can just see the what you will do and what I will do and how much of the earth was supposed to be blessed all the families of the earth Abraham would have a global impact because he was going to be radically dependent on God. God was going to do it through him. If you remember Matthew 28, we talked about Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. What's he got to do? Go, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you and I am with you to the end of the age. 
He's telling the believers you will have a global impact when you're radically dependent on the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry yourself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus literally is in the midst of telling people you are worried about how much you're going to be cared for. You're worried about eating and clothing and shelter. He literally says, don't worry about that as a priority. He's saying, prioritize the kingdom of God, and I'll take care of you. That's a promise. When you prioritize the kingdom of God, God will care for you. He'll protect you. Now, he cares for you regardless. But he's talking about people who are consistently stepping out in the name of Jesus. We could say when you prioritize the presence of God in your life, along with the proclamation and the demonstration of the kingdom of God as a lifestyle, provision and protection will follow. You must, we must, our job is to train you to make God priority over your life, God's people, God's word priority in your life, so that you would launch out and do radically, radical things for Christ. That's not just for missionaries. It's not for seminarians. You don't have to go to Bible college for that. You just have to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. My concern, and I I talked about this last week, my concern is everything you're getting in your life is about you being gifted or talented. And that's kind of how the way we end up feeling special about ourselves, is how talented we are. And we get that from our family, and we get that from our friends, and we try to impress people. And yet, the, the truth is, is that talent will get you far. But you know, there's a phrase that the Bible uses when God wants to use a man or a woman to do something special and powerful, and it's the word anointed. And I just want you to know that talented doesn't mean anointed. I know very talented people that aren't anointed. Understand that that the the imagery of anointing comes from um, the Old and the New Testament, mostly from the Old Testament, and it it was this imagery of uh, God would have a prophet or a king, and they would be anointed to do a skill or a work. Now, symbolically, that actually came from shepherds. Shepherds would often have uh, sheep that would have lice and insect go into the ears of their sheep. So in order to protect them, they would put oil all over them so that the lice would not go into their ears so that they could be able to be protected. Because if lice got in their ears, they would actually go into their heads and kill them. So he would put all this oil all over them in order for them to be protected. And in many ways, that imagery, that symbolic imagery of a shepherd putting oil all over one of its sheep, it identified the sheep as one of the shepherd's sheep. And it also identified them as protected. In the same way, God calls us to be anointed in the sense that we are so submitted to the Holy Spirit that it's all over us. It's evident. And I'm telling you, I've seen gifted men and women of God. I've seen talented men and women of God. I've seen big personalities. I've seen people that will blow you away. And then I've seen people who can't even get their words right, but they're anointed. And let me tell you, I literally, I've seen people walk in front of a room. They didn't make no sense. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? They didn't make no sense. Words was all over the place. And people were like, <laughs> oh, my God, it was so good. Right, right? 
The Holy Ghost. I, I'm telling you, it's the Holy Ghost. And, and because, because talent is sometimes what we kind of can pull off in the flesh. But when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you, it will take you beyond your gifting. It will take you beyond your talent. It will take you beyond your personality. Here's, here's, here's what I, I, I'm trying to say. The, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, this is what it says. It says that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that he's prepared beforehand so that we might walk in them. So God is calling us to walk in a work that he's already prepared for us, right? So think about that. Before the foundation of the world, there's a work that God has prepared for you uniquely to do. But what he also says, okay, just think of that imagery of walking into a work that God has for us. I connect that, and I'm not a theologian and not a prophet, but I kind of connect these two verses in my mind, Galatians 5.16. Galatians 5.16 says, I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the sinful, sinful desires of the flesh. So the Bible literally calls us to walk by the Spirit, to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. I think those two verses can be connected, that God wants me to walk into a work that he's already, uh, he's already prepared for me to do, and I think I'll get to that when I walk by the Spirit. So I think that when I'm dependent day by day, moment by moment on the Holy Spirit, there are people, opportunities, and situations that God has set up for me to do. And what all I need to do is be prepared by the Holy Ghost. The corollary, corollary of that, the opposite of that is, I think there are opportunities and situations that I've missed in my life because I've been in the flesh. I believe that. I believe that. I believe there were people, situations, things I was supposed to do, and I missed it because I did not, I, you know, Jesus talks about watch and pray. I was not alert to the things of God. Literally, there are people that you, God, instead of talking about them, God wanted you to talk to them. He wanted you to care for them. There are, God, God, God is sending you into a space to be his embodiment through the power of the Holy Spirit. And God has a way of connecting to uneasy people. You were once one of them. God, God, God connects to rebels. He, as the man prayed, he, he, he takes, a, he takes a, a terrorist in Saul and turns him into a theologian and missionary. And God's presence is in us in order to see the transformative work of Christ happen in other people. So I believe that there is so much for you to do in your life. There's so much God is calling you to do. And it's not all on stage. And it's not going to all be written about. And it, it, won't be, it won't be stuff you put on social media. But there are opportunities that go beyond your comprehension that the Spirit of God has uniquely prepared you for since you were a child. And things that only you're going to say because you have a unique experience. You know what I've found when I sit with people? You know what I hate when people go, oh, here's my testimony. It's kind of boring. I'm like, well, what's the testimony? They're like, well, I grew up in church and I kind of stayed faithful. I was like, that's the testimony I want my daughters to have, dog. Like, you think I want my daughters to be like, yeah, I wild out. You know what I'm saying? I was out there, you know, eh, 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 eh. Okay, I want to talk about it, but then I turned 28 and I came back. And I, like, 
Like, and that's a great story. That's a lot of your stories. But isn't the other, listen, that's true, that's true. But isn't it, listen, isn't it awesome, the people that just stay, I find that more powerful. You stayed in school? Wow. Your story isn't boring. Your story is a gift. And it's not just meant for you. It's meant for someone else, too. So this, your story is a gift. And it is not boring. It is meant for other people. And, and, and this is what God is doing on earth. This is what God is doing on earth. In Acts chapter 2, what the Bible goes on to say, in Acts 2, 17 through 18, it says, it's, it's prophetically from the book of Joel, but Peter recites it. And he says, and in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. On your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. I just got to say this real quick. I'm going to move on. In the Old Testament, you, you would only see the Spirit of God really anointing, again, kings and prophets, people that were doing something really special. And one of the things that is prophesied here in Joel and then Peter talks about before the Pentecost, before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, is he, he says that your spirit will go on sons and daughters. Understand that in an ancient home, the children were the people that no one wanted to listen to. In some of your homes, it was like that too, growing up. But listen, sons and daughters were on the bottom rung. And then if you want to go lower, it was male and female servants. They were even lower than sons and daughters. And so Joel and Peter used this radical imagery of saying, what if everyone in a home had an equal say? And he's saying in, in God's house, because we all, it's not, the spirit of God is not just for kings and prophets, pastors and teachers. The spirit of God is for us all. God is, and he uses this imagery of pouring out, just like this lavishness that God has. He's trying to do something radical on earth. What if you didn't have to be a pastor? What if you didn't have to be trained, but what if you only had to be submitted and surrendered? Well, how much impact could happen globally? And that's the imagery he's giving. And so what I'm, trying to, what I'm trying to work against is so much of what has been pushed before you is you got to be trained. And there's so much on social media and you can, you can learn how to get a business and the 401k and all this other stuff and all this information. And it's wonderful. But, but the simplicity of our faith is if you live a life submitted in your word, praying for people on a regular basis, God will unleash an anointing over your life. And you will find yourself in situations you'll be like, I don't know what to say or what to do, but I know the Holy Ghost got me here. So I need the ghost again. Hello, Monday, I need you. Because I, I, I'm just in this situation. But I know God got me here. And that's more than your gifting. The Holy Spirit is so powerful. He's not limited. When I was in college... I had gotten a full scholarship to James Madison University to play football, but I was in junior college, and I was horrible at math. And so one of the things that I did was the teacher was teaching, and, and I was failing math. Okay, so I was asked, I, was, I didn't need to do well, I needed to pass. So that's where God had me. So I needed to pass, I needed to pass this class in order to get my full scholarship. And I remember sitting in class, and I was just like, Lord. And I, I don't want you to think that I was like really like, I wasn't, I wasn't there yet. I was 
really struggling in my walk at the time. But I was praying, and I was like, Lord, how am I going to get out of this math class? I met with a tutor. Still didn't make sense. Met with a teacher after. Didn't make sense. I just started praying. And one day, I sat in class, and I remember the teacher was on the board, and it just made sense. And that was a little whisper. Start depending on me. That was just a little whisper. And I think about how eventually I would become a pastor and the Lord was taking me and, uh, and uh, oh, well, I was in ministry. I was in ministry and I was in Texas and I, uh, I sensed the Holy Spirit telling me to move to North Carolina. In fact, I was in a burrito shop and I, and I was like, I, literally, I was having a quiet time. I was, I was in a burrito shop, and I, I felt like God was telling me to move to North Carolina. I came home. I was like, I think God wants to move to North Carolina. She was like, I think that's the burritos. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's the Holy Spirit. But we prayed about it, and God sent us to North Carolina. And then when I got there, I, I started serving in a church, and all of a sudden, at 29 years old, I became a pastor. As I became, as I was, as a pastor there, I would just pray every day. I didn't know what to do. I wasn't trained. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. The Christians are tough. You know, it was just so difficult, right? And but God started to unleash like different the gifts I didn't think I could even have. Like I remember I was praying, I was praying, I was praying, and I, I sensed this is crazy. This is a story. This is crazy. I, I sensed the, the Lord telling me to go to McDonald's, which as as He does, right? I sensed the Lord. I sensed the Lord telling me to stop and do it. Listen. I said to the Lord telling me to stop into this McDonald's. I go to this McDonald's. I go to this McDonald's. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, why am I here? Why am I here? And I'm just waiting and I'm there for like an hour. And all of a sudden this guy I knew from the gym comes in. He's like, yo, what's up? And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I think this is the person I'm supposed to talk to. And so I'm sitting there praying. I'm like, what am I supposed to say to this cat? And so I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there. And I sense the Lord saying, tell him, God knows. I was like, Hey, yeah, man, that's so wild. So, um, <laughs> it's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. But um, anyway, you know what you got a mac and cheese? That's good. Yeah, I love, love, love their burgers. So anyway, I am in here because I felt like God was telling me to come in here to talk to somebody. He's like, okay, I feel like I'm supposed to talk to you. He was like, well, what do you feel like you're supposed to say? I was like, man, I feel like God told me to tell you. He knows. And dude just got up and left. Never saw him again. I don't know what happened with that. I would love to give you another part of that story. I know you were waiting for that. I don't have another part. But that's really not my more. I knew it was God. Like, I was like, God, I don't know why I'm here in McDonald's. I know God told me. You know, and, and, and mind you, mind you, you know, please, let's not have the God told me people do stuff that has nothing to do with his word. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying, I'm saying, I'm saying that I just sensed that that's what I was supposed to do. Um, I, I eventually moved here to Brooklyn, and we were looking for an office space as a church, and and I reached out to LIU Brooklyn around the corner, and I was like, hey, do you guys have any campus ministry happening? And, and I kept reaching out, kept reaching out, kept reaching out. Finally, I got a meeting with the dean, the dean of the school. And, and he's basically telling me he has no space, no, can't do nothing for me, right? And I'm like, okay, well, I tried. And then all of a sudden, he, 
he has his, uh, he has his uh, computer screen, and he's telling me all the things he oversees. And then he's turned, he turns the computer screen over to me. He shows me all the things he oversees. And then he points to campus ministry. And he goes, okay, here's campus ministry. And he goes, okay, we got Rabbi Josh. And we got the priest, uh, priest Char- Charlie. Yeah, the priest was Charlie. Uh, Father Charlie, Father Charlie, Father Charlie. Remember Father Charlie? So it's Rabbi Josh. <laughs> Josh, Rabbi Josh, Father Charlie. And then next to Father Charlie, um, so that was like Catholic Jew. Next to Father Charlie, it said Christian. And then under that, it said um, um, Pastor James. So I was like, okay. Um, hold up. <laughs> Who is Pastor James? And I'll never forget, his name was Dean Agnelli. He goes, how'd that get there? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but funny enough, I'm a pastor and my name is James. <laughs> So he just kind of goes, that's so crazy. How'd that get there? He was like, he yells to the secretary, how'd this, Monica, how'd this get here? She's like, I don't know. And they have this conversation. So I'm just sitting there and he's like, well, what if we gave you an office in the freshman dorm? I was like, I can do that. Now, that was a wild situation being in a freshman dorm. (laughs) Church office, freshman dorm, don't mix. I knew it was God. I'm sitting there like, how did I get here? How did my name ended up on, end up on a computer screen when these people didn't even want to talk to me? Now I got this opportunity. And, and I think that God just does this radical thing of putting you in situations when you are dependent on his Holy Spirit. We see it all throughout the Bible. You're not different. You're not different. You're not different. You're not different. These people aren't special. They're submitted. You don't have to be special. You don't have to be like, oh, man, we always knew this. You don't have to be that person. You're so talented. So no, 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 no. That's in the world. We're talking about in the spirit. He's pouring out his spirit on all flesh. Sons, daughters, male servants, female servants, all types of people. I don't care where you're from, what your background is, what your education is, what your so-called talent level is. It's about a person of the Holy Spirit working inside of you. But the last thing I want to say, with, say to that is that I also believe that when you are so submitted to the Holy Spirit, he's, he doesn't just guide you. He gives you perspective. You know, some of you were out here for our outreach last week. It was a great time. But it rained cats and dogs. I mean, it was just horrible. I mean, who prays for rain during an outreach? Like, oh, my gosh, it was horrible. We prayed for the sun, and God was like, how about rain? You know, it was just like. <laughs> and last year during the Atlantic Antic, there were there was like a million people walking by, and we were just like, man, there was not even half that this year. And my wife said, you know what's so funny? She said, remember last year during the Atlantic Antic, there was all these people walking by. You know how many booths we walked by, just ignored because there were just so many things out there. She said that actually didn't happen this year. She said there was so few people that when we started yelling about our church, everyone heard us. I was like, that's so true. And then we just both sat there and laughed. We were like, we thought the rain was a setback. When the rain actually set us up to meet people we would have never met. And when the Holy Spirit is like your primary focus, you will see the problems you think are in your life are actually part of a grand narrative that God is doing. That's not, so it's not just about you. Like, don't you know God set that rain up for us? For our church. But I could have sat there and be like, oh, 
and I could have stayed inside. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, there's times where God wants us out, but we pout, right? And we just say, oh man, why not me? But when you are just so immersed and saturated in his presence, he gives you fresh perspective. And so I want this for you. Let, let me just say this lastly as we, we're getting ready to close here. Here's what I want as a church. I want, you, I want to help mature you and grow you so that you can go anywhere. I want to mature you and grow you so you can go anywhere. I want to, grow, I want to mature you and grow you so you can go anywhere. And, and part of that is first getting you to just love God. And, and, and loving God, part of loving God is this. It, it's, it's getting you to be a person of prayer getting you in your word, and getting you into fellowship. This is why we do growth groups and Bible study right here. We're just trying to get you to love God, love God, love God, love God, love God. Long to be in his presence. Love God, love God. Worship, 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 worship. Love God, love God. Know his word. And so when I talk about the Bible, I'm saying it's, it's the actual guide of your life, not just the new thing, not something you're scrolling past. The word of God is actually the guide. That's what we're trying to do for you. We're trying to get you to that place. The reason why we have fellowships, not just for friendship, it's to help be around people who love God, love God, love God, love God, love God. I'm trying to get you to love God. Really. But for, when you love God, when you have this vertical orientation towards loving God, our hope is, is that it has a horizontal impact so that you love people. So when you start loving people, here's what happens. You begin to share your testimony, your time, your talent, your treasure. You begin to be a person that shares. You, you become more generous because God is flowing through your life. You start giving from the overflow. You show mercy and seek justice for the oppressed and marginalized because you know you only have what you have because of the grace of God. And then lastly, you fight for unity in the church and in life. You know, to me, this is the height of maturity. Many of you came from churches where you didn't like the church, and you, when you think about church, many of you, when you think of church, you think of drama. Do you know that you can be a leader and have a title and still be a dramatic person? This, I, this is what I'm saying. Can you go back to the other slide? Can you go back to the other slide? Go back to the other slide. I know people who pray a lot in their word, love fellowship. Go to the next one. They share all these things. They do all this. They show mercy, and they're dramatic. And, and I'm telling you, you can either choose drama or you can choose reconciliation. And to me, this is the height of it. We don't have enough. We got believers who they'll share and they'll do all these great things. But when you really get close to them, you find they're dramatic people. Dramatic people love to share stories and make situations into movies instead of having hard conversations. That's what, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get, so, 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 we're, so that we do growth group, we do Bible, we're try, but we're trying to get you to be a person that flows to people. You share, you show mercy and love, but you're also a unifying person, not just in the church, but in life. Because I know people who seem great in here, but when you get to work, you are the problem. We're trying to train you to not be that. Because we're trying to send you out. And so I want to say this last thing. I know we're, we've gone over time a little bit, but some of you all are going to move, and we want you to move. Some of y'all are going to, you know, 85% of our church is single. Well, that's not, you know, so y'all can get booed up somewhere, somehow. And you might get a house, and you might move to New Jersey or Long Island or whatever. That's wonderful. 
But, but I'm just saying, that's, I, I mean this with all my heart. That is not the goal of life. It's not. It's not. I know that, I know some of you are sad because you haven't found a boo yet. That, that, God's plan isn't boo finding. It's not the plan. Like, that's not the plan. Because if that's the plan, then some of us are just not, we're just not hitting the goal, right? His plan wasn't the person that you find. It's the person that's already inside of you. And so what I'm saying is, I, I want you to hear this because here's what's so important. Your life is not defined by whether you have a great-looking family on Instagram. Your life is meant to have an impact in the world. And you are to relate to the Spirit of God every day. And so, you know, our goal, our desire as a church would be that one day we could could plant other churches in this area. So some of you may not, may not, may move, but some of you may stay in this area. What, what would it look like if there was a bunch of us that lived in Jersey and decided, let's do this again here in Jersey and start a church out there? Or what if we did something in Long Island and start a church out there? And what I'm saying is, in the next 10 years, our dream and desire is to plant other churches here regionally so that we could see God do this again. And this has been challenging work. But what if we did this as like a network where we had other churches that we could do this with? And you say, well, who, who's going to be the leader? And I don't know, but I think if I equip enough believers, I know we can make an impact. Yeah. We may not have the most talented, or, but what if we equip enough believers? I think we can make an impact. So, so um, I think we have that map. Uh, and so just, just envisioning one day where we could regionally plant churches somewhere in this region where we, where we advance the kingdom of God. And so the way that we want to do that is we want you to be in a Bible study so we can equip you. We want you to be, or we want you to be in a growth group. Okay, we want you to be in a growth group. We want some of you to lead a growth group at some point. And it's just to equip you more. And then for those of you that take on leadership, either of one of our teams or, uh, or a growth group, we're, we do this intentionally. We do a monthly leadership development time to help you become more effective. And in our next one, we're going to talk about being uh, empathetic and compassionate to people, right? Now, that's just for our leaders, right? Because we're trying to get the people that are already leading and training and equipping them. We do that on a monthly basis. And then for all of our leaders, um, we, we do something in January we call Ministry Training Institute, MTI. And so we're going to take all of our leaders and we're going to train them even more. And so all we're trying to do is take you, put you in a situation where you're growing and being trained. And then if you lead, we want to train you some more. And then eventually one day you're going to be like, hey, Pastor James, move into Atlanta. Move into Canada. I don't know. Move in somewhere. I don't know. Somebody want to move to Canada. We shouldn't be sad. We should be excited. But you know what will make me sad? Is if you move to Atlanta, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I haven't. Man, you know, these churches out here, boy, you know, I just can't find. I just can't. I just can't. I just can't. And I'm like, we didn't do our job. We didn't do our job. Because our job is to be able to look at you and be like, now, you know better than that. Find a church that's preaching the word of God. 
and don't look at the church with a menu as a consumer. Be a contributor that makes an impact so we deploy you out. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 37 through 38, Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The laborers are few. The laborers are few. The laborers are few. You know what he could say? The mature are few. It's just few. He says, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Pop quiz. Anybody remember the word for send out? Ekbalo, that's right. Ekbalo, right? It's a Greek word. And do you know, where is that used again? Where is that used in other instances? Anybody remember? Pop quiz. Cast out demons. That's right. Cast out demons. Jesus used the same word he used to cast out demons to send out believers into the harvest. What's that tell us? What's it like to get believers mature and sent out? Is it easy? Is it hard? Is it supernatural? It's supernatural to send us out. It's supernatural to send you out. It's supernatural. We're going to train you. We're going to do everything we can to train you. And we won't do it perfectly. But we are going to make you, as much as we can, a disciple making disciple that impacts the world. Not a couch. Not a couch. A launching pad. You comfortable? Cool. I I pray you feel the comfort of Christ, but don't get too comfortable because God is forcing us out into the harvest. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray, God, can we become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit tonight? Make us more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Make us more aware, God, of what you're saying. Make us more submitted to your words and your work. Make us more aware, God, of how you want to train us and equip us. God, use us in ways that you haven't used us before. God, forgive me for limiting myself based upon my gifts, abilities, and personality. God, I want to be part of the harvest. I want to do what you're calling me to do. So, Lord, I know that that doesn't come with just a desire. It comes from a supernatural forcing out. Holy Spirit, would you force us out? Send us out into relationships and opportunities and to people that we would not go to on our own. And we ask this in Jesus' name. We hope today's message was encouraging for you. We'd also love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. We hear from people all across the country about what God is doing through our podcast, and we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at bridgechurchnyc.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle for both of those social media outlets is at bridgechurchnyc. Our website is bridgechurchnyc.com. If you're in the New York City area, we have services at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays at 98 Fifth Avenue in Brooklyn, New York, right next to the Barclay Center. We are praying for you, and we hope to see you soon.